0: Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation with Naveen Kunde. He is with Open Innovation, R&D, and a Business Networks leader at the Clorox Company. He talked with Brian about making external innovation a key part of their team's efforts to be prepared for the future. He also talked about the multiple components of metrics that they use at Clorox and how these metrics can help define what the culture of innovation is or isn't at a company. Hello, folks. Welcome back. I'm Victory Clafter, the producer of Inside Outside Innovation, the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries with passion and precision.
1: So when uh, we had a chance to talk, in Orlando, you were at the conference and you're talking a lot about uh, some of the case studies and things that you've been and seen. So I'd like to kind of start off. Tell the audience a little bit about uh, your background in corporate innovation and, and how you got into the space.
2: Absolutely. I have been with Clorox uh, in the Open Innovation Group for the last seven years, and that's uh, where I came into the company, and I continue to uh, stay and work in that group. And what Open Innovation does is it brings external perspective and capability to all the different business units uh, and functions of the company. Before Clorox, I worked at a consulting firm called the Corporate Executive Board Currently, it's been owned by Gartner, based out of Washington, D.C., and uh, I got into innovation when I was at the corporate executive board and specifically got very intrigued by this idea of open innovation, which you can think of as innovation without borders, because in today's world, you can't do everything yourself. There's so many other people out there who are better, faster, uh, cheaper than you are, and if you have the humility and the curiosity, you can actually do much better than trying to do it all yourself.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the the, the challenges. Like every uh, corporations we talk to, and that they all want to do it themselves. You know, they had think they have proprietary knowledge and things along those lines, but to really get enough at at bad appearances and to uh, actually move the needle a lot of times you have to do a lot more experiments a lot more things and and reaching out to others and partners uh, is one of those ways you can do that
2: absolutely and you know it's especially true in innovation if you're going to truly do innovation where you are pushing the boundaries and going beyond your current envelope of what you know how to do then invariably you are going to get into areas where you're not the knowledge or capability expert and that's where you need open innovation, you need to have that mindset that somebody else or some company else out there that you could partner with is gonna enable your success much more than doing it alone. There's a lot of core areas where companies are perfectly happy and uh, are better off working on their own. But when you're truly trying to innovate and do what's next, that's when you need to look outside.
1: So talk a little bit about some of the challenges you've seen with companies actually being able to brace open innovation.
2: A lot of it starts with where do I actually need the open innovation mindset? So, you know, is this a project or a, a, or an innovation which is core to us or is it beyond what we have? So first is really even framing it up and scoping it out. And a lot of leaders need to get that right first. Once you know what it is that you can do really well and where you need the help, then you can bring in open innovation team and say, here's my spec, here's what I'm looking for, and and you can go and work in those areas and we can help them. Uh, in order to enable this, our open innovation team, we have a small group, like seven people, but we have people embedded within the business units who are working with them on a constant basis so that transition becomes seamless and they know, uh, you know where the gaps emerge or where the teams need to go outside. Otherwise, it becomes a selling process and you don't really know them and and it gets a little harder. So that's one big thing is, is really knowing where your gaps lie and where you might be going into uncharted territory for your for your group or your company. The other aspect of it is when the open innovation group, which tends to have its um, eyes on what's happening outside the company, can bring something very interesting to you. They might bring in some new technologies. They might bring in some new partners or or things that might be interesting or relevant to your business because a lot of times the folks in the business are very busy executing uh, and and dealing with market challenges, mm-hmm. uh, they may not always have the time uh, as much as an open innovation group could uh, to keep an eye on what's happening outside of their four walls.
1: Well, I imagine that's a, a big challenge as well from the standpoint of when you do come up with a new invention or a new opportunity, a new business model that you uh, are executing on or experimenting with, and you eventually need to either bring that back into the company, not having those allies, the, the a way to do that probably causes a lot of challenges as well.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's uh, I, I put it like it's like a, a stepchild, right? I mean, you have your own children that you're trying to, you know, resource and foster and move forward. And here somebody comes to you and says, hey, here's someone who's much better. Uh, <laughs> and then it's really hard to swap it out, because you're already embedded into it. But if you bring them along, you know, along with the journey, then you can clearly see the advantages of something uh, that may be outside of your company. But ultimately, it's about business results, right? It has to enable you to be better, faster, cheaper, or a little bit of all three uh, in order for it to make sense. Otherwise, it's just easier to do it on your own.
1: Right. Yeah. The, I mean, the true true innovation is value creation, you know, not just invention. So talk to Absolutely. me a little bit about um, maybe some of, do you have an example or two uh, of where open innovation really um, made a difference
2: in, in Clark's Company? So we have this idea that there's a lot of knowledge uh, and capability that res- resides outside of the company. And there are certain types of projects that call for us to go outside and because there's a lot of, uh, because we need to tap into that knowledge and that capability. So uh, what we've done is we have we, we have instituted a process where we have the open innovation uh, leaders for the various business units understand and scope out whenever somebody is going into a new space, understand what their gaps might be and where they might need external experts or external capabilities that they need to bring into their team. And when we kind of create this sort of a spec, if you will, um, and then go out and bring those people in, to inform the team, fill in their knowledge gaps, maybe even become part of the team as a part-time consultant or uh, as uh, you know somebody who can give them feedback on innovation plans and so on. That's a a key thing that we've instituted across uh, the entire company, uh, specifically around R&D and innovation, where we look at um, especially in in projects where we are going outside of the core Mm -hmm. uh, because it's clear that we don't have the capabilities or knowledge inside as much as outside. So that's an area where we've done a lot of good work and we are seeing uh, increased momentum where, you know, a few years ago, only a handful of uh, teams were even open to talking to people outside the company. Now it's pretty much, it's an exception where somebody doesn't want to do it.
1: So are there particular examples or or areas where it's easier to go uh, and get that outside uh, resource or help so for example uh, is it easier when you go out and you're trying to find you know other core technologies to uh, to bring into an existing product or is it when you go outside and you're looking for new market expertise or are there particular areas um that make that are easier to use in this open innovation or to have the external be part of uh, what's going on inside
2: you know i i used to think that it was easier in um you know r and d or technology but i think it's it, it it's not true i think it's easier in all of the areas as long as you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. um and that's the key sometimes People have a very vague idea of what the gap might be or uh, what it is that they're looking for. If you have articulated the gap very clearly, then it is much easier to find the right expert or come back and say, nobody else does this. We have to build this ourselves. Mm-hmm. Or there's one company that does this and we have to buy them, you know, through M&M&A if you really want to do this. So it becomes kind of clear uh, what the action is once you've articulated what is the gap that is holding you back. Um, and whether it's a, it, it, I used to think it was more of a and d or technology gap where you can go and fill that, but it could be a business model gap. It could be, a uh, you know, sales capability gap. It could be, a, you know, marketing, digital marketing gap. It could be anything, where somebody else is doing something way ahead of where uh, you are and where you want to be, and you, you can bring in those people to quickly bring you up to speed or even beyond what the state of the art is through through finding the experts and bringing the partners in. So we started out in R and D because that was our hypothesis, but now we've kind of gone across functions across business units, which is really cool. That's
1: quite interesting. Is uh, any rule sets or or things that you use as far as knowing when? Uh, Like how early to go out and partner uh, or or when you're kind of in that scanning mode, uh, kind of that research mode, trying to understand who's out there and what's what's uh, important versus when you actually kind of engage and bring that uh, external technology or business market or, or channel partner into play.
2: Yeah, we have, we have a little of both going on. I mean, we have the businesses that have a need, uh, and there's a clearly articulated need you can go out and search by that. So, for example, you know, if somebody comes to us and say, I need to make this part, you know, Internet uh, of Things compatible, then there are a lot of IoT providers out there uh, that can do that for you. But that's 2017. Back in, you know, five, six years ago when this was all very new and, and IoT was, you know, not even coined as, a, as an acronym, Um, It was an emerging technology, an emerging mindset, and there were people in open innovation that were going to these IoT conferences and figuring out what was going on and who was on the leading edge and thinking through... Um, which businesses or which products at Clorox could uh, become IoT compatible sometime in the future. And then we came to the businesses and said, hey, here's an interesting technology that, that's coming down the pike. Are you interested? Here's how I see it working out. And, you know, and then you approach it that way. So sometimes it's a push uh, and sometimes it's a pull. Uh, it's you. The best ways is even when it's a bit of a balance of both. And if you're not um losing your credibility by always pushing stuff that is timing is way off from what the business is actually doing, Mm -hmm. uh, you can can accomplish that quite well. So right now, you know, everybody's excited about AI, excited about, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, you know, blockchain, all kinds of stuff. And so, we have to see if it's actually relevant to our businesses, but that doesn't stop us from learning what that's all about. Um, those are two different things, being curious about new technologies and new methods of doing things, and then applying the lens of, is this actually relevant for our business today versus can we wait a couple of years?
1: Right. And then how do you go about kind of measuring the results? Obviously, the, you know both prioritization and, and timing all come into play, but how do you know if you're actually making a dent in the innovation universe?
2: The, the simplest measure is they call us back <laughs> to help help them on the next project right and and we continue getting funded. The open innovation resource continues getting funded year after year by the businesses or there's more demand and other people say hey i'm starting out in a new space, I need an open innovation resource to create like an advisory board or whatever it, be, it might be because i 'm not as smart as I'd like to be right now, and I want to get smarter, uh, but a lot of times it's uh, it's speed. We we find that bringing in the external perspective allows us to go faster and that's something we can measure we we can see uh, uh, groups that did bring in their external perspective either we were able to kill a project a lot faster because we found out very early on that this was not you know where we should go uh, versus taking nine months and the team kind of learning slowly and then figuring it out we maybe in two months we killed a project and that's a success even though the project was killed uh, uh, in other cases it might be a better outcome, so there might be some concepts that you know we were fielding in the in front of consumers and and um, concepts that got a good feedback from somebody from that field scored much higher than ones that didn't so there's a quality metric but it's it's uh, it's not a hard and fast Rule, But we typically look at speed and uh, and better ideas, uh, accelerated projects and better ideas as two of the metrics here at the front end of innovation where we do most of our work. Cost is another one that's important, but we don't uh, focus in, on it as much uh, at the front end. Very interesting.
1: So obviously, Clorox has done a fairly good job of open innovation and kind of embracing this from a cultural perspective. Are there particular red flags or... or- things that if uh, if some of our audience is looking at kind of creating an open in- innovation culture or a, our a team around that, what are some of the, the things they should look at uh, from a cultural perspective to make sure that this thing actually uh, takes hold?
2: I think um, the red flags, uh, there are, you know, in the beginning, before it's sort of proven out, uh, people are skeptical. How is this going to help me? Uh, is I don't believe that somebody out there would help me. I'm not ready to share my problems and issues. You know, there's confidentiality concerns. A lot of it is. Uh, some sometimes you get a not invented here. Though I've seen less of that at Torox than at other companies I consulted with. You know, back when I was a consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know but a lot of times it's like hey this might slow me down this might take too long i've got i've got this you know and and don't uh, don't slow me down by adding something that is just going to add a lot more complexity um and it's it's with good intentions and if you can if you can show people that this is actually going to add value uh, whether it's by allowing them to go faster or get higher quality ideas or uh higher quality you know concepts through then uh, then they would be more willing to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things we focused on is just reducing the friction in the process. So uh, making things fast so we can get, you know, if he, if somebody comes to us and say, I want this kind of an expert, it's not going to take us a month. It might take us like two days to find somebody right. uh, setting that person in the system. In you know, corporate America, uh, we have a lot of processes in place to, uh, you know, m- and mitigate risk and, and so on. And those can sometimes slow us down. We've, we've streamlined that to make it as painless as possible and as fast as possible. So when you take away some of those barriers, then uh, people become much more open to uh, bringing in the external perspective. So um, the, the culture is closed, but a lot of times, we can we can open it up by addressing some of their concerns and having that dialogue, expressing curiosity about why are you concerned? What's your biggest worry? And, um, you know, uh, sometimes people are more afraid of the downside than excited by the upside. And so you just have to show them right. the upside of doing this.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it probably also comes down to being very good at communicating the wins and, yeah, you know, being, like you said, going back after the, the first time and, and them having a good experience and saying, okay, yes, I, I can tap into that again because I see the value I've, and I've heard about other units that, that have seen the value, things like that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you can, Brad, that's a good point because you can control the process, right? A lot of times the outcomes are out of your control. Uh, In open innovation, we manage the tools and the processes, but we don't really manage the outcomes. We don't know what's going to happen in the market. We just know that we got something to market faster and it was a better idea than we had before, but it may not be good enough or it may not have been fast enough. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do? So, but if we can make the process itself easier, they're more likely to come back to us. Otherwise they'll be like, Hey, this is so painful. I don't want to go through this again uh so uh, we focus on on that making it you know as frictionless as as seamless as possible um and then that actually opens up the culture more and the same people will come back to us they'll talk to other people they say hey how come you guys got so successful or you you were able to what did, oh yeah we talked to these guys from open innovation and they found us this expert or they found us this one guy who looked at our concepts and said uh, that doesn't make any sense why would you do that you know and so you sometimes need that uh You need that, otherwise, you get into an echo chamber effect that can be very dangerous.
0: That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Naveen for speaking with us. If you'd like to learn more about the team behind Inside Outside Innovation here at Econic, go to insideoutside.io or econic.co. Until next time, go out and innovate.